Hey, what's going on, Clipper people? It is me, William, the Opinion Update. Oh, and I am still positive, Chuck Mockler. And we're your friendly neighborhood Clippers podcast. Just yes. a couple of best friends and Clipper credential media folks bringing you locked on Clippers. Uh, this It will be five days a week this week, and then we're going to kind of be switching into Scale our- Scale back a little bit to the Into our off-season schedule. schedule. Yeah. Crazy to say, right? Off-season? Doesn't not? feel good that it's the off-season, but it was the greatest Clippers season in history, so. Bittersweet. Very bittersweet. Uh, we got a heck of a show lined up for you today. We're going to kind of be doing our Locked On Clippers exit interviews. Uh, we're going to give you some kind of quick uh, quick reaction season grades uh, for the starters. And uh, the, the starter situation is very weird for this team, so it's like- it's two segments because so many people started a substantial amount of games for this team. Yeah, absolutely. So it's going to be kind of the starters and the pseudo starters. Uh, throughout the offseason, we're going to have more in-depth uh, player grades and sort of player breakdowns. But this is, like I said, our kind of exit interview. For sure. Uh, and then it's Friday. Every single Friday, we bring you Love, Mary Quarantine. This one is related to whatever was going on with Steve Ballmer in that very bizarre celebration. Something goofy. Uh, which occurred in the last game. I, I We're going to talk about it's it more. It's unsettling. It's unsettling. We're going to talk about it more. Uh, but before we get into all of that, I got to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Oh, yeah. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. Welcome to the substantial starters season grades. Yeah. Um, plus, there's a little bit of exit interview talk. We got um, Terrence Mann, uh, Nick Batum, and Zoo today, so we're going to talk about that later. But so we had about like nine starters for this Clippers team. Yeah. Like legitimately. Yeah. Um, we, we split this up, these two segments, into just basically based on how many games started. Um, we're going to start with Paul George, who started the most games for the Clippers. 54 games. Respectable. Very respectable, 54 games. In the regular season, averaged 23, 6, and 5. Shot 41% from three on just under eight attempts per game. Whew, but then in the playoffs, we all know what he did. He turned it on. Um, 23 points a game versus Dallas, 29 versus Utah, 29 versus Phoenix. Tacked on nine boards in the first two rounds and 10 in Phoenix. When Kawhi Leonard went down, he averaged like 30 and 11 after that point. Yeah. Um, third player in NBA history to score 20 or more points in every playoff game in a run lasting 19 or more games. It's wild. It's him, Jordan, and Durant. Thank you to Lucas Hahn for that. He had 41 points in game five to extend this series. I mean, what's your? There's only one grade for Paul George, right? Oh yeah, I mean, it's got to be an A. Um, I, I'm going A plus. Yeah, A plus. Whatever, um, it's same. <laughs> same weight, depending on what school district you're at. Um, no, this was from even if you put all the off court stuff aside, which was frivolous and hearsay. All the on court stuff in a vacuum is an elite season, and you, and then when you factor in all the weird narrative stuff that he's very much aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it just takes that to a whole other level. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I mean, his rebounding was so huge for us in the playoffs. His ability to step up, I mean, and you know, we knew from the regular season before the playoffs, anytime that Kawhi was out and he was on, oh, yeah. um, was huge. I I guess my only nitpick, and this isn't even a nitpick on him necessarily, but I still feel like we're going through some growing pains as to how to best optimize these guys together when they're on the floor. Yes, agreed. And like that's that's been kind of weird too because of you know how many games 
Kawhi's been out just kind of in the, the first two years. Like, they haven't had a lot of time together. I mean, and they're still putting up great numbers. You know, 23-6-5, very respectable. Yeah. Um, I just feel like, I, I don't know. And it, it was better this year, for sure. Definitely. It was definitely, a you know, a step away from the your turn, my turn kind of a thing. Um, and, you know, due to injuries, I guess we didn't get to see as much experimentation in some ways we did because yeah. we did see a hell we of a lot to. of experimentation yeah. <laughs> uh but a lot of it was like more necessity where i think maybe we could play with more staggering between these two mm-hmm. um and just kind of keeping them together to like maybe for a strong opener and then mainly using them together to close out quarters yeah and he had you know he he had more of a point guard role a little bit this year yeah, um, we saw some turnover issues. He had the what? He had the WTF pass every game. There's at least like one. Yeah, We're like what are you doing? But all things considered, it has to be an A plus. Um, got to work on it, that handle though. Got to work on the handle. It's a little high. It's it, always it coming gets, up a little high. It gets a little high. Um, moving on to Kawhi Leonard, who started 52 games um, for the Los Angeles Clippers. 25, six and a half, and five. 39 percent from three on five attempts per game. Um. Fair to say that this is an incomplete season grade, I think. No, I think it's an A. Even without the playoffs. What do you mean? The substantial part of the playoffs. He played in two rounds. That's fair. You're giving him an A? Of the three rounds that we played in. I know, but we need him for the final part. He's such, and like, I don't mean incomplete in a bad way. Like, it's not like he didn't do the work. He just wasn't available for. Look, man, I I think that it's like pretty apparent what would have happened if he would (laughs) have been available. Uh, And I think. Sweep or five games? I mean, five games, yeah. but uh, <laughs> look, I, I mean, the body of work is there. I, to me, it's it's honestly too complete uh, to not give it an A+. And I think there That's are fair. things like, there are things that are a little bit of a bummer, right? Like uh, the no exit interview thing. Yeah, I'm like... It, I understand it, but like... It's a little annoying. It is one of those things that's kind of, I mean... And I this is what Spurs fans would tell maybe in not as polite way, kind of Clippers fans of like, get ready to be kind of frustrated by this kind of stuff. Cause you think it's not going to frustrate you. Yeah. But then sometimes this happens where you're like, man, I know that he has a good medical team. I know that the Clippers are letting him do what he wants, which makes total sense. And I would do the same thing if it was my call, but damn it, if it is not a little frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like I didn't have any problems with him, like not being on the bench or oh, that, no, none. or that, you know, he was, you know, choosing, um, or his team was, you know, his medical staff was kind of choosing to, um, not be, you know, like completely transparent with keep it in all, all the inner workings, which I think makes a lot of sense. I, I don't really have any big criticism of that, but like, mm-hmm. I mean, I think you could show up for an exit interview. Fair. A little bit of a knock. Uh, but man, he really put out this year. Uh, he, you know, he was absolutely dominant anytime he was on the floor. Yeah, him and Paul George. And I mean, you know, he wanted to show up for this team and, you know, he could have shut down after what happened last year. Yeah. He, you know, I mean, it's unfortunately the narrative that surrounds Kawhi is that he's somehow not a leader. Mm-hmm. And I think that he proved otherwise this season. Definitely. Uh, Terrence Mann even talked about him and Paul George both stepping up as leaders. So, yeah, I'd, I'd have to give it an A+. Plus. Um, it's not, you know, the the knee thing sucks. Um, yeah, I think I'm mostly just upset about that. It's one of those <laughs> It's one of those what could have been things. I mean, it hurts because, like, it's probably, he just shouldn't have been playing in those minutes. It's whatever. Yeah. Uh, but, man, like, when he is on, I just, yeah, 
it's just, it's too much. And <laughs> it's too good. And you just look at, I mean, some of the games that he and we had like, we didn't even have that many 2-1-3 games. Like we've talked about that, how it's always kind of like either or. But it felt like, you know, what they're scoring kind Only of. Only one ball, you know. Very true. With their, I mean, they averaged almost the same amount of points per game. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, which is crazy to see. Who, um, like, let's say your MVP of the season. I'm for the Clippers? Uh, yeah, I'm assuming that it's between one of these two guys. Who who would it be in your mind? It's Paul George. I would, yeah, I would have to agree. It's. I think it's Paul George because he, I mean, we saw what he did when Kawhi went down. That's, that's I guess that also shows how good Kawhi is because we obviously needed him. But there's also extenuating factors. I like give PG that. I guess I'm a narrative voter in this Clippers <laughs> uh, MVP race. But I'd have to go Paul George. I think at times during the regular season, too, I, I mean, uh, Paul's commitment to defense in some games when, you know, like Kawhi wasn't always getting the hardest assignment, uh, yeah. which is not a knock on him. I mean, it's long season, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I do think that in my mind, those things elevate a team in a way that to me makes you the MVP. Yeah, that's a good call. Um, Kawhi had some crazy streaks this year, too. Oh, he was nuts, um, man. Like in January, he had like 32, then 31, then 34. Took two days off, scored 24, scored 28, scored 33. Like, just, God damn it, he is so good at basketball. Um, all right, I'll switch mine to an A+. Plus. Um, Reggie Jackson started 43 games, third most on the team. Averaged 10-3-3 and in the regular season. 43% from three on four attempts per game. Looking at those regular season stats really puts into perspective how incredible he was in the postseason. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, and now, I mean, the other thing to consider, how many of these 43 games were he were games where he found out? Hey, you got to start. <laughs> Reggie, we need you out there. Yeah, that he was going to start in <laughs> under 24 hours. And then some of those games he would come out. Under just, an hour sometimes, yeah, too. Yeah, and just be so, so great. I mean, this is a guy that, I mean, I thought for the price we got him, it still made the signing still made sense. But I, I'll be honest, I, you know, I was low on Reggie. Um, I think a lot of people Never were. a good spot to be in. I, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he, I mean, if you, you want to stay stocked on Reggie. You got to stay stocked on Reggie just for blunts or something. <laughs> um, and just, if you haven't watched his interview from after game six, yeah. go watch it. Yeah, it's great. It's incredible. Um, he increased his points per game every series in the playoffs. Yeah. 15 a game versus Dallas, 18 a game versus Utah, 20 a game versus Phoenix. Yeah. Like, and, I mean, God. <laughs> Look, we knew that he could score, but he's one of the he's the most versatile scoring guard on our roster currently. Yeah. Um and he commanded the league's best offense for a majority of the season. Definitely. Definitely. And it opens things up. You know, he's not like the prototypical point guard sort of facilitator role that, you know, the that everyone wants us to have that, that we tried to have. Yeah, that people were kind of crying for the Clippers <laughs> that like like that was the Clippers glaring weakness or whatever. So, um yeah, that's kind of not what he is, but I think what he does just opens the game up so much more for our other two stars. Oh, yeah. Um, and two and a half stars if you want to put Morris in there as well. Sure. Um, but <laughs> hey, I got to go A-plus, man. It's it's crazy because we're talking whole season, not just regular season. Um, Who would you go most improved between Reggie and Mann? Oof, that's a tough question. I think it's got to be one of those two players. Is I'd there somebody have, else? I'd have to go Terrence Mann because us included with the way he was used last year, a lot of people had no idea what was going to happen this season. 
Yeah. We didn't know what was going to happen. It was like, this is kind of not a prove it year because it's his second year and that's crazy. But he, ex- I think Reggie, they both exceeded expectations, but man, absolutely like blew through the expectations. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I agree. And I think that man's emergence is so huge. And like the first true kind of step in the right direction from a player development standpoint that we've seen from this organization in a really long time. Yeah. Um, but I would have to go most improved for me is definitely Reggie. Mm, okay. um, he had the, a much more responsibility. Yeah. And just the consistency that he was able to display, like pretty much all through the, uh, all through the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He was just incredible. Rex Beck Reggie, you know, <laughs> lives on forever. Please stay. Um, all right. So we got three A pluses. <laughs> What do you want? No, and now we're I'm not mad at it. It was the greatest season ever. It makes <laughs> sense. Now we're talking Serge Ibaka. Okay. He started yeah. shockingly the fourth most games on this team yeah. in the regular season. 39 games, only played in 41 total, had the back surgery, averaged 11 and 7, 33% on three um, three point attempts per game. I know the incomplete for Kawhi was maybe unfounded. I got to give Serge an incomplete, strictly because of availability. Like this was this is a shame because look, he'd miss the close ones, he'd make the ones from further out, as we all saw. Like yeah. it seemed like he was working through something. Like I liked what I saw in flashes, and it I I am trying not to think about how great this team would have looked and much how much easier maybe a couple of these first round matchups would have been with a player like Surge. Yeah. Not like Surge, with Surge. So I, I think I gotta give him an incomplete. Yeah, incomplete to D. But I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I'm giving the my D. incomplete's not based on performance, just based on availability. Yeah, but I don't know if I'm giving the D to him or if I'm giving it to the training staff. Um, <laughs> oh, the training staff stays getting uh, like a D minus. Look, I I mean I had some, <laughs> I had some issues, uh, but yeah, there wasn't a large enough sample size to really see if they could have worked everything out. Um, you know, we were kind of doing things where we were running the first bucket through Surge, which yeah. was kind of interesting. He was in the starter super early, too. Um, yeah, he was having trouble sort of around the rim, which I... A lot of trouble around the rim. I really wasn't liking, but, you know, having him as a defensive presence and stuff down low Huge. definitely would have been nice. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess I'll lean incomplete just because the body of work wasn't necessarily there. Um Man, and and also, I, yeah, I have to go incomplete. I can't give him a D because this is also it's not like, his fault. Yeah, I, I thought in the off season, like I, I thought this was sneakily one of the best moves of the off season, and it was starting um, to look like it. Like as the season started to go, I was like, oh damn, was Zoo coming off the bench, and they got Surge out there. Like this is a crazy one too. Yeah, and then we still had the option to go small, which we saw. Yeah. Um. So I mean, pre playoffs, obviously we saw in the playoffs. Yeah. It's all we saw. <laughs> uh. So yeah, I, I'd have to go incomplete, but I I'm excited. I'm assuming that he's going to pick up his next year um, and he will be back on the team next year. So hopefully we can kind of get some things worked out and hopefully, you know, he's just getting to the age where you still do have to worry about injuries. Um, Do you think you reinsert him back into the starting lineup uh, next season? I don't think he can just because of health. He's been he hadn't played an NBA game in however long it'll be after back surgery. Yeah. So I think he's a bench guy for you now. Until the, until it's like he's back into not that he's like playing into being healthy, but maybe until the conditioning's back or something like. Yeah, that's I mean, that's true. Know, yeah. Um, coming up, we're going to be talking the other starters because there's a handful of people who started over 25 games for this team. But first, we got to give a shout out to bet online It is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over. 
but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing and skate. Uh, actually, college basketball is done. If you're bet- betting on college basketball right now, you really believe in your team for the future. Yes. Uh, BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bet, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. Use promo code LOCKEDON, that's all capital letters, one word, for your 50% welcome bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, so we're back with our sort of season grades, exit interviews, whatever we're calling them. Uh, now we got to talk about some starters who saw less starting time than the previously kind of mentioned names. Um, not by a whole bunch. Yeah, I mean, our first one, not by a whole lot at all. <laughs> I mean, Nick Batum, who was in the starting lineup in place of Morris to, to begin the season. It was, yeah. I thought, a masterful adjustment. Of course, shout out to him. Um, but he started in 38 games for this Clippers team. 38 games, averaged 8, 5, and 2. 40% from three on uh, four three-point attempts per game. Um, you know, very much seemed to hit a wall in the playoffs, whether it was injury or fatigue. He went from 33 minutes per game um, in the first two rounds to 22 in the conference finals. Yeah. That has to be a health thing. That's not a knock on Batum. It's just what happens. He had some great stuff in his exit interview that happened on um, Thursday. He said, back in November, someone told me I would have still been playing basketball in late June and compete for something big and play and be on the court and play. I wouldn't believe it. Also added he was in a bad place mentally before he arrived on the team. Went on to thank the organization and also talked about how the Batum Battalion um, might have an effect on his free agency, which if it does, we've done it. Give us the damn hat tip, Clippers. We've really done it. You, me, and Joseph Fry Award deserve a hat tip. Yeah. Something. Maybe a couple gift cards to I'll take Mort- a gift card. To Morton's or something. To salt and Shake or whatever, Salt and Char, whatever that burger place is in there. Um, Free Ludovic sandwiches for life? <laughs> for life. What's, I mean, Nick Batum. I'm there's sentimentality in this vote that I'm about to give a plus vet men contract that not a lot of people, literally only you and maybe like six other people whose last names are probably Batum um, thought he was going to be this effective. Like, yeah, got to go. Got to go. Unbelievable. I mean, he just uh, he brought so much versatility to this team. Uh, and I think that we could have used I, I think last year having someone like him would have been so good or, or maybe. Well, we did. We had a Jermichael Green. So that that's the other thing, too, right? Like, I was kind of worried about losing Jermichael in the offseason. Shout out to Jermichael. Um, and it makes sense that he left. Like, his role never really got figured out uh, under Doc. But I'm furious at Denver for also not figuring out Jermichael Green's role. Yeah. But Batum, I mean, he can handle the ball better, which is interesting, you know, which gives another kind of interesting look. Um, man, how many beautiful cutting Batum dunks Ooh, did we see? So many baseline cuts. Uh, that were just, yeah, they, I mean, they were great to watch. He's another one of those guys who just like, he's spent so much time in the on the floor in his career. He just Light knows where to be. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I mean, like when we had to, due to fatigue or <laughs> whatever, stuff. yeah, run out some wonky lineups. I mean, you know, putting him in could could stabilize or stop the bleeding of a lot of those lineups. And that gives your stars, um, you know, more time to rest, uh, which is always good. Oh, yeah. Especially um, an old team. Yeah. Yeah. More time off the court. So and as yeah, especially when you consider the value, I, I don't know how it could be anything less than an A plus. Yeah. Considering Batum's age. Right. Yeah. What would you consider to be reasonable for an extension for Nick Batum? Years or dollars or both, whatever you want. 
I think you got to try and keep him around for the majority of the Paul George contract. You're keeping him on for like four more years. Three. I think three is where I'm at. I think three with a player option on the third. On the third or on the fourth? Or on the fourth? On the third. Oh, yeah. I like that idea. Three years. You give him a little bit more money up front. Um, he can also opt out and sign that extension. So, like. Yeah. Yeah, I think three I'm cool with. Yeah. Four, but uh, four maybe because, I don't know, he's got that money coming from Charlotte. So, yeah, give him three. <laughs> he's got the money coming from Charlotte, I think, for two more seasons. Definitely for, for next season and the season after. Yeah. Because um, three years, I believe, is the max you can uh, st- wave and stretch a player. Right. So... Yeah, as far as a dollar amount, just, I mean, really whatever we can do, I think it's sub nine. Um, it's like the MLE, it's like 6.7 or something. Yeah. To seven. I, I, we'll dive into it. It still more. works out to like 15 a year, which ain't too bad. Not bad. I'd, hey, you know what? I'll take it. Um, <laughs> I'd take half that. Um, Patrick Beverly started 34 games, only played in 37 regular season games. Playoff performance? Interesting. Locked up Devin Booker, kind of started to peak in the playoffs when he was coming back. Really just in the third round. Ended on a real sour note that he might be suspended for. Oh, sorry, a very large truck just drove by. Might be suspended for next season due to the Chris Paul push, but he did tweet an apology, so that's cool, I guess. What is this grade? Probably C minus. C minus. Okay. I'm not mad at that. Um, once again, it's it's difficult because you miss so much. Yeah, just because of the the body of work. Um, yeah, the last thing, well, you know, the end of the season definitely leaves a sour taste in your mouth. But uh, it was just kind of more of the same. And I think with a year, so I would say like a C because there was no it, there was no improvement. But I got to go C minus because um, you know year older, uh, less availability. Uh, while he did. Get back uh, into form, which we didn't really get to see in the playoffs last year. Right. So, maybe I could go C. It's a C or a C minus. It's hard, man. It's a very. It's not a weird Pat Bev season because you know we've we've kind of seen him miss time, which is just brutal and bad luck. But you know, didn't increase his points per game, which I know isn't his big thing. Um, the shooting was like he shot better. He shot forty percent from three. Yeah. On four per game, which is great. Um, the fit raises questions. And there's in, the availability. It's just a little interesting. Yeah. The fit raises questions that I did not have previously. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. I The offense looks a little bit better with Reggie out there. A um, little bit more of a threat. Pat, you know, such a great rebounder. And when he is like... When he brings the energy, man, do you and really we, And we feel saw it? it in the playoffs. Um, we saw the team feed off it in the playoffs. Yeah. He was great with the crowd, but I think C's fair. Um, it's, is, we, it's just we know what we're going to expect at this point, and yeah. it's not a lot of availability. Yeah. Um, Avica Zubats started 33 games, averaged 9-7 and seven in the regular season. Bit of an up-and-down playoffs, but overall pretty solid. Averaged a double-double versus Phoenix. Saw limited action in the first two rounds because we were going small. Um, said he gave everything that he could to really try and play before game five against Phoenix, but he just wasn't able to without pain. Can't imagine what that pain was. Yeah. I'm giving Zoo B. I'm, I'm 83%. Yeah, I'm leaning B to B minus. Um, he handled, look, so he handled not being the starter well. Yep. Um, he handled being the starter well. <laughs> you know what I mean? He had to go through a lot. He's still so young. 
his passing in the short roll was so much better this year than it was last year. Like we saw, I don't know, major improvements. We saw a really nice jump in his passing out of the short roll. Yeah. Um, Not a big enough improvement in the hands, both rebounding yeah, and finishing. For sure. That uh, still definitely needs work. Free throws, always money. Yeah. Something that I think is, I don't know if it's. That's underrated for sure. Yeah. For a second. Like he for always a, hits For a boards. true seven footer. Yeah, for a real, yeah. But you're right. It's the hands. It's the finishing. It's the dude. Some of the soft rebounding would kill me when he would yeah. have two hands on a ball uh, on the board. Yeah, and it yeah. get it get ripped out of his hands for a putback or something like. Dude, frustrating. Dude. Yeah. Play like the big. Well, he talked about wanting to play like he was the biggest guy on the court, and he did for a good part of this season. Yeah, we saw more of it than last year. But yeah, I think B is fair. He's got a lot to work on, but it's not stuff that's like hard to work on. We're not asking him to add a shot or anything like that. No, I mean it's it's pretty clear to me to see his path for improvement. Um yeah. so yeah. Uh, B. B. B, B. B B B minus. Okay, rounding out our substantial kind of starter amount of games is Marcus Morris. Um, started 29 games. Everyone was so log jammed between like 29, other than Kawhi and PG. Yeah. It was, and um, Reggie. Started 29 games, averaged 13 and four in the regular season, shot 47% from three on five attempts per game, averaged 12 and four in the playoffs, was definitely, like, I mean, Ty said it, playing through something late. And early, right? Yeah, very true. Yeah, he had to come kind back. Of book, kind of bookended seasons with yeah. some, some sort of, uh, kind of injury stuff, and you know he even credited Ty Lue for taking him out of the starting lineup so he could get a chance to play back into form uh, in a way that he felt happy with. Um, man, the inconsistency of the shooting, I guess, is my biggest knock on yeah, him. That is and fair. then, like when he isn't bringing it defensively, uh, I mean, bit of a drop off. Yeah, bit it's a, a drop off. It's a bummer out there. But I mean, for the most part, he's being he's a positive contributor on the floor. I, I'd yeah. have to go probably solid B for Morris. I think I'm giving him a B plus because I think 47 percent from three on five attempts a game is. We knew that Mook is a shooter, but damn, that is that is elite. Those are elite numbers. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I gotta go B. An another reason that it's like a. B versus an A for me is just sometimes some of the like silly shots, the contested mid rangers and stuff like that. Yeah. Sometimes holding the ball for a little so, too so, long. Some Luke stuff. Yeah. Some Marcus just, Morris. Just stuff. some little things. But he did take a lot of those out of his diet and he did improve. And um, he told Ty Lue that Batum should start. Yeah. Which is huge. Talk about teammate move. Yeah. Huge tip of the Fantastic. cap. So, so far we've got basically A pluses or Bs and then incomplete, which not bad. Not bad. Fantastic. Um, coming up, we're going to be talking about how there's already rumors about we didn't even get nine hours to, to enjoy the run and then Steve Ballmer's weird celebration. But first, Will, talk to me about Built Bars. What's up with these things? All right. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. And the new and improved Built Bar is even more delicious than before. Comes in 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors for those with allergies out there. The six new flavors include caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Ooh, yummy. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. Very important. You want your protein bar to work for you, not the other way around. Exactly. 
But the most important thing is that Built Bars are healthy. They're great for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, so they're great for the keto diet. Get a load of this flavor profile. Coconut <laughs> almond, 18 grams protein, 180 calories, 5 grams sugar, 5 grams net carbs, all the good highs, all the chill lows. And right now we have a very special offer for our listeners. For a limited time, you can get a free cooler with purchase. Great for summer. This is only while supplies last, so you're going to want to go ahead and get on it. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right. Welcome to Shaving slash Love Mary Quarantine. Um... So we got like nine hours of enjoying the Clippers playoff run um, before the Ringer wrote an article wondering if the Clippers should blow it up or run it back. Definitely. The answer is run it back. Um, now there's there's rumors that the Mavs and Heat are going to want to make a push for Kawhi Leonard. Of course they will. Just let us rest. Yeah. I mean, Give if, us a break. Of course they'd like to. Uh, yeah, I mean, no shit they want a top three player in the NBA. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's been swirling kind of rumors uh, with, around like heat Kawhi stuff um i actually don't super see that fit there uh as much as maybe some other people seem to yeah fair um the mavs thing yeah i mean whatever i i yeah you would love to have Kawhi leonard um <laughs> That's I see. it's like okay cool but i don't know man my thing is is i don't know how much stronger of a pitch we could have made to Kawhi. Uh, yeah throughout the two seasons that we were here. 100%. Um, you know, while the first one ended in a disappointing fashion, um, you know, you, you can't chalk that up to the organization's fault necessarily. No, not at all. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking that he stays a Clipper. Uh, I think, you know, I think the most important thing to him is, like, being close with his family. You know, yeah. it seems like that's where his head and that's his That's like the one thing he's at. actually talked about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, to me... To me, the thing about Kawhi is like he doesn't want basketball to be his life. Like, yeah, he wants it to be his job. Yeah, uh, and I kind of think that the Clippers are offering a, a, a pretty fair compromise in that department. Yeah, big there. market, small scope. Yeah, which is interesting. You know, like I agree. Um, man, I hope he stays. I think he will, though. All right, now we have to talk about because the the pod last night was obviously emotional. It was the end of the season. We got to talk about the insane Steve Ballmer celebration. Yeah. Yeah. Break it down for those who didn't see it. Okay. So Batum hits the three. The Suns lead goes to seven. Loudest I've ever heard Staples Center in my life. It was great. It was fantastic. Um, Steve Ballmer and the two gentlemen next to him stand up and they're cheering. And then Ballmer simultaneously like grabs the thighs of the men next to him. And like shakes the muscle, like he's trying to like give him a shake. Yeah, and he does it a lot. One guy clearly did not like that this was happening, and immediately was like, "I don't care that you're worth seventy billion dollars. This is weird." It was weird. It's weird, rich person stuff at its peak because this is like not a normal interaction. It's something I've never seen before. This is like a physical space issue that. You don't think about when you're super rich and can do whatever you want, I think. But, like, I've never seen anyone do this celebration. See, I think it would make more sense if you were still sitting down. Like, make, like standing Oh, like up. a knee slapper? Yeah. Like, a, oh, nice. Yeah, great. Yeah. But standing up and then just diving in. Yeah. 
I hope he cut his nails. Because <laughs> he, he, he was like swiping there. Like, it's one of the weirder things I think that I've seen in terms of forcing a celebration. There's only like two celebrations you can force onto someone. You dump the Gatorade on them without them knowing about it. Yeah. Classic. Or you grab their thigh. Like, those are the two. Like, what other celebrations are like that? Definitely. Uh, yeah. Very, very peculiar. Odd. Yeah. He's an odd duck, that bomber. So for I Love Mary Quarantine, we're doing insane celebrations that we'd like to see Steve Ballmer do next season, but that are still a little chiller than whatever that was. Yeah. Um, first up, we have Fat Man Scoop style. Oh, yeah. Just rip the shirt off at the end of the game. Yeah. Everyone will cheer. Yes. There is not a more body positive environment than a stadium full of professional sports fans. It's true. It's very bizarre. They, it's a, it's a, it. it's a bizarre phenomenon. For sure. Um, what else we got? Uh, I'm thinking like an evil Knievel type motorcycle stunt. Shout out Butte Montana, 100%. With uh, Lil Bomber. Okay. Which would be a child dressed in a bald cap and a gingham shirt. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, yeah. uh, So they would. I'm in. They would, you know, it'd be tiny motorcycle, big motorcycle. Sometimes oh, they'd like jump, a little sidecar. Yeah. Sometimes they'd jump through a hoop or something. Sometimes maybe over a, a, a tiny kiddie pool with a shark or something in it. Okay. Um, yeah. I think it'd Replicals be awesome. LA River. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I like that idea a lot. Um, next, uh, final option, kind of in the same vein. He flies around the arena. Okay. And this is at the final buzzer when the Clippers win. A pulley system hoists him a few feet above basket level. Yeah. Of course, he's not hitting the, the the shot clock or anything like that. And he just kind of like, whoosh, just like cheering as people are leaving. Just like, yeah, let's go, Clips. Can wear a special outfit or just rock the usual gingham and khakis. Yeah. Which one are you loving, Marion and Quarantine? So I'm loving both the uh, fly around the arena and the evil Knievel motorcycle stunt ones. with Lil Bomber. Yeah. My only knock on <laughs> actually both of these is I feel like Steve Bomber isn't doing his own stunts. The man is not Tom Cruise. So he's grabbing thighs. You would have to work out how he, you know, how this change to the stunt man is taking place. That's fair. But you're not against it if he wants to do it himself. No, of course not. Are okay. you kidding? Okay, right. I don't know. Um, I just don't know if you do your own stunts if you're worth seventy billion dollars or whatever. I think you do because you can live forever if you're worth seventy billion. You know what? That's fair. <laughs> right? That is fair. Like, what's the worst accident? You, anyway, that's a different conversation. Um, and are you quarantined in Fat Man Scoop style? No, marrying. Oh. <laughs> gotta, gotta marry. Gotta marry the Fat Man Scoop. Pull right, the shirt cool. off. Get everybody yeah. hyped up. Everyone would be so. It hyped worked up. flawlessly. Twice. <laughs> yeah. It worked flawlessly twice, and you know it's coming every single time. Yeah. Um, I'm loving Evil Knievel type motorcycle stunt with Lil Balmer. What I would like to see is kind of that classic, I believe it's called like the ball of death. That oh, motorcycle Oh, yeah, thing. where they're going like upside down and yeah, stuff. Yeah, that would Man, be cool. Man, those are sick. Yeah, that'd be cool. Shout um, out circuses. Yeah, shout out circuses for some things, not for other things they do. Um, I'm going to, I'm marrying Fat Man Scoop style. Yeah. It's just the best celebration. I think I actually have to quarantine flies around the arena. You know, one of those pulleys goes down. That's true. That's a bad look. That's true. Is he gra also is he grabbing thighs while he's flying around? No, so he's not. See, this is actually kind of part of it. Is that he's not near anybody. Okay. No one can be touched okay. by Steve Ballmer in this scenario. <laughs> if you've been touched by Steve Ballmer, dude, you may be entitled to dude, financial compensation. I mean, those dudes, those people did not look comfortable. They were definitely his guests, dude. Let's sure. Be real. That's fine if they're his guests, but. He knows him well enough to take him to the game, but not well enough that they don't want their thighs grabbed. <laughs> um, like, what an insane time. Um, 
All right, that about wraps it up um, for this Friday edition of Locked On Clippers. There's going to be no episode on Monday. Nope. Because we're taking the 4th off. Yeah. Um, for some reason. For oh, some 4th of July. For some right. reason. Um, there will be an episode on Tuesday. Yeah. Send your questions into at Locked On Clips. We're going to be taking a look at Ty Lue's, um season. I, I have a feeling what his grade's going to be based <laughs> on how today went. And then some bench players. And then, of course, whatever else happens to now and then in Clipperland, who knows? Might be a whole lot. Hope it's not. Um, we're still going. We're still coming at you in the offseason. Yep. A few, few less episodes per week, but we're still coming at you. Yeah. Um, well, where can these people tell their friends to listen to our podcast? Uh, you can check us out on iTunes or the podcast app. We're also on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Deezer. We're on Amazon Music. You can always tell your smart speaker to play Locked on Clippers. It works. It's great. Uh, you know, sorry that the schedule's changing up a little bit in the offseason. Um, hope you all enjoy what was this great Clippers season, the best in our history, and hope you're still feeling pumped you for should. next season. Absolutely. A lot to build on. Anyways. So much to build on for a Western Conference Finals team. Yeah. Which is great. Um, I have been positive Chuck Mockler. And I am William the Opinion Updike. We appreciate you.